What's up, G? Do you know what happens when you start early? I do, G. You grow wealthy. It's time for Money with Mac and G. Finance for you and your family. Hey, have you looked outside recently? All the houses are pretty cool here, but not crazy big. It's a solid neighborhood for sure. It has that old town feel to it. Dad says it's like something out of the show named Andy Griffith? How could that be? Wasn't that show in black and white? These houses have super cool colors. You'd miss all of that. Hey, I'm just repeating what he said. I guess some kid on the show named Mopey became some famous movie producer. Grant, the character's name was Opie. And yes, he did some great movies. Mom loved Apollo 13. Three, two, one. And Grandma loved his movie Cocoon. Did you say tycoon? Like Warren Buffett? Possibly the greatest investor of all time? No, but he could have been in Cocoon. I think it was about old people and aliens. Sounds like a weird combination, doesn't it? Agree. One day we'll need to talk about Mr. Buffett because there is a lot to learn from him. Agree. He's worth over 80 billion. And yes, that was with a B. <laughs> Didn't I hear that he bought his house in 1958 for $31,500 and still lives in it in Omaha, Nebraska? That's about $250,000 today. I guess it's worth more than that now, but for a billionaire, that's not very much. Sounds like a lesson from the richest man in Babylon. You're right. Make your house an investment. Do you think anybody in our neighborhood is a billionaire? I guess it's possible. There are a couple houses in the back that are really nice. I do know there is a doctor who lives across the street. He must be doing well. I didn't know that, but I think there are a number of people that own their own business in this neighborhood. That's cool. Wait, I have a question. Dad showed us a picture of someone who looks rich but who's actually poor, and a picture of somebody that doesn't look rich but is. Switcheroo. So, do you think that's normal like Warren Buffett? I heard when at home, he gets a value meal breakfast from McDonald's and pays with change. I don't know, but Dad will probably know. Dad, do rich people look rich? Hey kids, come on down here. I'm in the kitchen. You don't think he's cooking, do you? Please tell me that's not true. He's sure making a lot of noise down there. And Mom left for the store, so maybe... Don't be scared, guys. Come on down. I'm trying a couple new things. Are you sure you know what you're doing? O-M-G. Are those crab rangoons? Seriously? That kind of smells good, though. <sighs> yep. Hey, take a taste. They're pretty good. Don't they smell great? There's some soy sauce and onions, if you like that, or some sweet Thai chili sauce, if you like that better. Thanks, Dad. Wow, this is really good. What happened? What do you mean? Huh? Well, this is kind of a first. You don't exactly hang out in the kitchen for anything other than eating. Wow, I make pancakes and eggs and... Exactly. 
Hey, I love that you're trying new things. Love, 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 love. It's just very different from those things. And what about me? I like Crabber and Goon, but I'm more of a dumpling man. Well, then check the Instapot. I have a dozen dumplings in there steaming right now. Way to go, Dad. You're the best. Um, they're good, right? You've tasted them already. If you add enough soy sauce, they're absolutely fantastic. I'm just kidding. You know, Mom tried them and said they were pretty good. She didn't die. Agony! <gasps> did she help you? Of course she did. You can't expect to try something new and be successful without help, right? Okay, Dad, good point. I know how much you like dim and dumb. I think that's one of your favorites, right? Grant, it's dim sum. I know it's a weird name, G-Man, but dim dumb? Really? Sorry, I couldn't remember. Where the heck did the name dim sum come from? I know it's Chinese. But do you know the history? In the 10th century, the city Gangzhou was growing with business travelers who made frequent stops in tea houses for yum cha. These were meals with small portions it's itsy bitsy of food and tea. Yum cha! That sounds great! That's probably where Hargao came from. Shrimp dim sum rocks. Dad, those puffy things with barbecue pork are delicious and fun to hold and throw. Agree. The tea house was set up for one cup of tea and two pieces. Dim sum literally means touch heart, which was the small food that went along with the tea. The way you L-O-V-E dim sum, I can see how you can touch your heart after eating it. Oh. Yeah, Dad, sounds like the perfect food for you. Maybe your last name should have been Dim. Oh, thank you, I think. I really do love dim sum. So what's up, guys? What do you need to know? Mac and I were talking about how looks can be deceiving. Is that a costume? Who are you? You know, people who look rich aren't... And vice versa. That whole thing can't judge a book by its cover thing. Nice one. If you learn that things aren't always the way they seem, you've learned a big lesson in life. Big idea. You know me, I'm the super smart one. I am the conceited person. Grant! Okay, you guys, you're both smart. A lot of people who are wealthy don't have flashy items, like a really nice car, really nice clothes, or a really nice watch. Wasn't that Steve Jobs guy from Apple Loaded and he always wore black pants and a black turtleneck? That's not flashy at all. Now you're getting it. There's a great book about money that brings the point home. That sounds like that was a clue. It was, because the book is called The Millionaire Next Door. Does it talk about how a millionaire could be living next door and you wouldn't ever know based on the way they live? Grant, that was awesome! Really clear and insightful. Gee, man, I couldn't agree more. Any idea how many lessons it teaches you? Um, how about five? What about seven? It is seven. Funny, huh? Just like the richest man in Babylon. Want to hear something else funny? <laughs> 
The first lesson is... Spend less than you earn. That is like so obvious. You got it. In the book, they say live well below your means. Big idea number one. Which means exactly the same thing. Dad, that's super easy. We got that one down. You have to make great decisions about spending less than you make. Brugal, brugal, brugal. I'm curious. Wealthy people work on spending their money better, but how do they spend their time? Great question, because they spend their time and energy more efficiently, too, in order to help build their wealth. Big idea number two. Are you saying they spend more time planning, learning, and investing their money? I sure am. Those that save more and grow their wealth faster simply spend more time working on it. You know, budgeting, saving, investing. It sounds like everything you want to be good at requires time, like my video games. Getting Iron Man will only take another 10 whopping hours. Bad habit G, lazy. <sighs> Sound familiar, rich dad, poor dad? Here's what's surprising. And thank you, Mac. You don't have to put in a lot of time, G, and you still have lots of time to play your video games. You just have to do it. Thank goodness. I was getting a little scared I'd have to quit. Thanks for clearing that all up. Question. Do you know any kids at school who have the coolest clothes and the best iPhone? That's easy. There's always a couple. Why? The millionaire next door believes that it's much more important to be wealthy than to look wealthy. Big idea number three. Is that the old keep up with the Joneses thing? Yep. People see their neighbor buy a new car and they want a new car so they can look as successful as their neighbor. I'm not sure why, but I never really cared about that. Yeah, isn't it funny they say Joneses? If you keep up with us, you'd have to sell your car and buy a new one that's over 10 years old. Yeah, and you have to go to Goodwill and buy your clothes. Ouch, I resemble those remarks. That's a family secret, by the way. Dad, it sounds pretty obvious that you follow several of those lessons in the book. I'm glad that you say that because idea number four and five concern you guys. This is a good time to break it to you. Should we be worried? Nice going, Mac. You made Dad mad when talking about money. No inheritance for you! <laughs> well, gee, the parents of those who follow the book don't provide economic outpatient care. Big idea number four. And their children are economically self-sufficient. Big idea number five. Which means inheritance isn't a given. So, when you say economic, I know it means money. Isn't outpatient a word when you get sick and the doctor helps you? <coughs> <coughs> yep, so the parents in this book won't give their kids money to help them. These parents believe they've taught them the lessons they needed to know. So, no help if they don't make healthy money decisions. Sounds like tough love. <laughs> Time to stand on your own two feet, right? You got it. You have to be able to take care of yourself, and that's self-sufficient. In this case, it's about money. You're on your own. Did you know my mom told me to never expect any money from her? Why'd she say that? That sounds kind of mean. Believe it or not, parents need money too. And with six kids, she wasn't going to be able to support us when we got older. 
Okay, that does make sense. So, the millionaires in the book raise their kids to make solid money decisions, aren't financially supported, and can take care of themselves. Yep, that's lessons number four and five. Ready for the next one? We've had an entire season on it. You have to become good at targeting investing opportunities. Big idea. Was that when we spoke about what Corona did to the market? You had to think through what was likely to happen? And who it affects to determine who will win and who will lose. Yep, that big drop in the market was clearly an opportunity we should have been ready for and seen the potential upside. So, if you're spending time understanding the market, when the opportunity comes, you're ready to take advantage of it? You got that right, McAdoo. I think we understand that one, and we'll continue to build our skills as we get more experience. Right? Yep. Now, here's a question for you. Is it easier to save more money if your job pays more? That's a no-brainer. Sure it is. So the seventh lesson is to choose the right occupation. Big idea. Sounds like Grandma Jones had this one right, too. She only let you be one of five things because she knew you'd always have a job and could support yourselves. Sounds like she wanted you off her payroll, Dad. Couldn't have said it better myself, Mac. I could have been a doctor. Say ah. Uh. Ah. Uh. Lawyer. Engineer, accountant, the numbers, the numbers, the numbers, or a nurse. All could get a credential and all were good jobs at the time. Now, technology is huge. And I bet your mom would have let you do that. True. Things have changed. And there are other professions, too. Her point was, you have to be able to support yourself. And when I went to school, I didn't know what I wanted. Understand. It sounds like we're done. We covered all seven. Grant, did you hear that? Seven. Who guessed the correct number of the lessons? <sighs> you did. I've got a lesson for you. <sighs> okay, everybody, big breath. We've made it through all the lessons, so it's time to say goodbye. So long. Farewell, Alviderson. Good night. See you next week. Bye. Bye. The Millionaire Next Door is a great book with over 20 years of research in it. Wow! Becoming wealthy doesn't have to be cool. For those in the book, it was simply a number of the right decisions over time. When speaking about this book, I think of my childhood friend and his parents. They weren't flashy. They were great people who were kind and worked a regular job. They also worked a second job on the weekends and nights. They mentioned the millionaire next door to me one time and how they lived their life based on its concepts. Fifteen years later, they moved into this great new house, retired early, started traveling, and really looked like they were having a bunch of fun. To this day, I think they are the perfect example of the millionaire next door. They didn't seem wealthy by any standard, but they planned and worked and simply made their move when the time was right all because they lived below their means and did the right things to be financially independent. And they were able to realize their dream of living in Florida and driving a couple of used BMWs because they just couldn't bring themselves to buy new ones. We don't like shiny. We don't like shiny. It does take time and energy. And not everyone wants to put the time in. You can always pay someone to do the work for you, but follow their advice. Question. If you knew with certainty... If 
you did what you were told and that you would be wealthy in 10 years, would you do it? If you said absolutely yes, then you're ready. Booyah! Because it does work. I'll leave you with a couple numbers to think about concerning the millionaire next door in the book. 75% never pay more than $199 for a pair of shoes, and half pay less than $140. And as for flashy watches, 50% pay less than $235. Living below your means is important. Flashy isn't in the calculation for the millionaire next door. And of course, I don't always follow every lesson. It's important to make them a habit, though, to be successful. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time for more Money with Mac and G. Don't forget to like, comment, and rate the podcast. See you next week. Bye! Bye.